0: hey guys i'm katie and this is the check your aesthetic podcast um alexis is not here with us today she has been sick i'm sure if you've watched her instagram stories you've seen she has bronchitis and ear infection so she's been sick for a while now but she can't talk so if you can't talk you cannot do a podcast so You've just got me today, Um, but before I get into my updates or any of that, I wanted to talk about today's guest. So we had Carson Murray on today. She's an ethical copywriter um, who specializes in email marketing, so we talked all about why you should be using email marketing, how you should be using it, how to use it effectively, the different kinds of emails. Um, It was just a really, really awesome episode, Um, and she was literally so fun. Like She just had the best vibes. And just had great energy. So, definitely keep listening. Um, She's definitely gonna be, um, or this is definitely gonna be a really helpful episode for literally anybody who's in any sort of marketing field or has their own business. Um, You definitely don't wanna miss this one. But, hello everyone. I hope that you guys are having a great Monday. Um, When you're listening to this, my craziness week has ended, but this week that I'm currently experiencing is craziness. My brother is graduating high school at the end of the week. He's in the playoffs for or like the state semifinals for baseball. Um, There's just a lot of things that go along with all the graduation festivities. Very proud of him and everything um, and very excited for all of it. Oh, don't worry about that. I'm just getting texts in case you guys were wondering. Um, And um, anyway, as you can tell, as you're listening, there's just chaos occurring in this home. Um, But I've actually I wanted to talk to you guys about this last week but I didn't, I don't think. Um, I've become a Notion girl, and if you follow me on Instagram or you follow me on TikTok, you can see that I am a Notion girl now. I am just fully obsessed with Notion. It is the only thing keeping me straight. As you guys know, I launched my, or relaunched, I guess, my business um, accepting freelance social media clients about three weeks ago, And I have clients now, which is very exciting. Um, But that also means that I have a lot more going on. I also just started a new semester of school this past Monday. It's Wednesday right now. So I'm taking an extra class more than I was these past two semesters. So, you know, if you're not overloading yourself, like, what are you doing, I guess, is the vibes. Um, Y'all know I don't, oh, Rue wants to talk too, guys. Um, Y'all know I don't (laughs) preach over committing yourself. But um, that's just the reality of the situation right now. But it's very fun. Anyway, Notion has been keeping me on track. It is amazing. You can literally just do everything with Notion that you would ever need to do. Um, You can have pages and pages and pages. I have pages for everything in my life, and it is just absolutely amazing. So if you want to see what my Notion looks like, go to my Instagram or TikTok, and it is all there. But this was a pretty long and good episode, and since it's just me by myself and I don't have that much going on, I'm just going to let you guys go ahead and get into the actual episode. um, And... Yeah. Enjoy what Carson had to say. Hi, Carson. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and your business and how you got to where you are today if they're listening and are not familiar with you?
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me. Like you said, my name is Carson with a K, Um, but I am an ethical copywriter. So I write copy for websites, sales pages, and email campaigns. And I also have an affinity and just a special place in my heart. And I would also say I specialize in um, email marketing. I love that. Okay, so you said ethical copywriter? Yes. Okay, explain what
0: that means as opposed to just a regular copywriter.
1: Yeah, I like, I'm a cool copywriter. I'm not a regular <laughs> copywriter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's the definition. Um, no. So, ethical copywriting was kind of this new thing that was introduced to me about a year or so ago and met my friend Nash. I'll get into that in just a moment. But, um, so in the marketplace, and you, we might even know this before, come across content that's expound upon this, but it's, you know, there's like a bro marketing, there's a girl boss arrow And there's ethical marketing. And I think um, just the marketplace, especially uh, younger millennials, and even Gen Zers are craving more and more just like ethical, transparent style marketing. And what ethical copywriting uh, is inherently is just, it's free shame, manipulation and pain points. And we see a shame, manipulation and pain point style marketing in what we would call "Quote unquote" bro marketing or in girl boss marketing, um, mm. and those, a lot of us were brought up. If you've been in business for a amount of time, or especially if you're like a millennial in general, you probably started your business in somewhat use some version of bro marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. I hope I explain well enough. Yes,
0: that makes sense. I was gonna say I kind of feel like. I am 23 I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of like I did get a little bit of that but then in my education currently like my formal education I'm Mm -hmm. getting like what like ethical marketing Um, I mean so yeah but I definitely in college we definitely still were talking about like pain points but it's always rubbed me kind of the wrong way because it feels it, it does it feels a little girl girl bossy like Manipulative, yeah,
1: kind of. it's and we were taught it's very Mad Men style marketing, mm-hmm. right? And when I was, you know, when I was become copywriter and just entering into um, marketing in general. Um, that's what I was taught, but I never enjoyed it, and I didn't like I didn't like the way that I felt when I was using it. I didn't mm-hmm. like the way that it made me feel when I was coming across it. I always craved something different, yeah. and that's when I, um, my friend Nat introduced me to ethical copywriting. She's also a copywriter, an ethical copywriter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she just gave me a different way of doing things, and it's been so beautiful to practice yeah. and to do over this last year. Yes, I would consider myself a proud Apple copier.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's like so much more fun too. Like I, I'm, I'm not a copywriter, but I'm a social media manager. So by nature, I'm. Sometimes a copywriter, some days, you know, yeah, oh, for um, sure you are writing like writing a lot of copy for social, and it's just so much more fun to like have fun with it and you know,
1: yeah, and and it releases you exactly, yeah, just takes the burden off of having to make your offer sound way better than it is, or Mm -hmm. people feel bad or to engage with your offering. This allows you to be you and to let your offer be what it is and let people make a decision about it out using harmful tools.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Um, Well, that wasn't even the plan of what we were going to talk about at first, (laughs) but um, I just needed more details on that. Okay. So back to what you were talking about with email marketing, how that's kind of like Mm -hmm. your specialty. So how did you kind of, I guess, get into that specialty and um, like, what are the benefits of, email marketing. I guess that's kind of a big question. So we can start with how you kind of got into <laughs> got into Yeah, that.
1: okay. So how I got into a- email is actually how I got into um, copywriting in general. So I actually mm-hmm. stood out um, as a VA back in 2017, like, seventeen, eighteen. I had no idea what a VA was, but I knew I wanted to work <laughs> remotely. And I yeah. was a branded marketing manager for like a local um, firm in Tampa. I live in Tampa, Florida. So I was a branded marketing manager for a local company. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how I can do this, but I feel like I can do this from home. Like I don't want to... Mm-hmm clock in and out every day, nine to five. I was like, you know, some days like really fun because I enjoyed what I did. And some days I was bored to freaking tears. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the environment that I was in was not aesthetic. <laughs> and I was yeah. just not I was not about it. And I was like, how I was like, I can take the skill set and I can I can create a business. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. So I worked, um, I kinda did a lot of everything when I was a brand and marketing manager. I did social media, website marketing, um, just just any anything that falls under that category, I was mm-hmm. either doing it or I was in charge of the person that was doing it. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, one of my favorite brands, um, which is called Horatio Printing, they were they're a planner company. Uh, they posted something. I was on their email list. I was on their email list and they sent an email to their email list and was like, Hey, we're hiring for, um, like a social media management position. I was like, Oh, I can do that. I was like, this is how I'm going to break into like whatever digital entrepreneurship, um, in the marketing space. I'm just going to apply to do this. And I was like, so confident and out of like 100 or so people I got down to like the top five then the top three then the top two and I remember I was sitting on my parents porch in like Blue Ridge Georgia at their cabin and I got a phone call and I was like okay I was like I'm gonna get it like this is my dream and I didn't get it <laughs> Um, but I know devastating, but then she was, Hey, but I have this virtual assistant position open and I, we've really been vibing. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, yeah, I had no idea what that was. Like I did not know what it was. I feel like it's way more popular now than it was then. Yeah. Um, so I just went for it and she wanted me to handle her email list. Um, part of my job was handling her list and I was supposed to write, Um, the encouraging like Friday email to her entire list of like thousands of people. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Like seeing Mm -hmm. how you could build a community through email. Like I would write my heart out to, you know, these people every Friday and it was like the highlight of my job. And then they would email me back and I would get to see everything. And then I would spend Mm -hmm. like the next part of the first part of the week, the next week, like replying to all these sweet emails and just seeing what an impact it was making in their lives. And I was like, I freaking love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then when I started my brand, I was like, you know what? I know like Instagram is a huge thing and obviously we love Instagram. We, um, and, and like at all different types of social media platforms. But I was like, I'm gonna like put an emphasis on my email list because if yeah. she, like if it's working for her, like I think it can work for me too and I really love it um, and I'm a writer so I just love writing and mm-hmm. well, some days. Some some days I do. (laughs) I write a lot. Um, So, anyways, (laughs) that's kind of like how I came across um, email marketing is just by chance.
0: I love that. Okay, so now the second part of my giant question that I asked you. Yeah. Um, What are the benefits? There's a a bajillion thousand benefits, but I guess kind of what are the the high level benefits of email marketing? If somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, but why should I care? Like, what would be your elevator pitch for email marketing?
1: i think email is a really beautiful purposeful and effective way to nurture your community and to support your sales efforts Mm -hmm. um outside of a social media platform Mm -hmm. so that would be my big why so you know and i i don't believe that everyone should have an email list um I think that if it's important to you and you want to pour into it and do it, then yeah, go for it and and add email marketing to your brand or business. But I, I'm not a huge fan or proponent or advocate for everyone should have an email list like out of pressure. You know what I mean? Because you're never really going to do or stick to anything Mm -hmm. that way. It's kind of like when, you know, Instagram goes down, like, I feel like I need to cover my phone, Mike. Like, I don't want (laughs) that to happen. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, like yeah. whenever something happens to Instagram and all the email marketers come out of the woodwork and they're like, "Oh, this is why you should have an email list." I'm like, "No, it's not why you should have an email list. Like this barely happens. Like don't make people feel bad about what they're not doing if it's not important to them because you, you only want to do it if you if you're really going to stick um stick with it and, you know, actually yeah. do it. I kind of forgot what your question was. That, you answered now. it. You did Oh, I did. It. Okay. Cool. I was going
0: to say actually like in a lot of my classes, um, I'm, I'm specializing in social media in my master's, but I still, we still talk about things like email lists and everything. And you do get a lot of like, that's your only owned media. Like you don't own your social media mm-hmm. followers, but like you yeah. own your email list. And I really like that perspective of like, no, do it because you want to build a community or do it because you actually want to do it rather yeah. than just like, cause you feel like it's like your plan B is something like goes horribly Yeah. South. It should
1: not be your plan B because at the end of the day, the people that are on your list are people just like the people that are following you are people and yeah. When you know you have to, you don't have to. I don't want to ever say you have to, but like it's a good idea to show up for them and to mm-hmm. nurture them. And the, you know, the more you nurture them, then the more that they're going to be cool with you showing up to sell something. Just like Instagram or TikTok, if all you did was just show up and sell things all day long on social media, people probably wouldn't be as receptive to your your offer. But a lot yeah. of times we're showing up and we're nurturing people. We're showing different parts of our life, and the same is possible with email. And I mean, I guess. That, there is an aspect of it that is true. Like, can you preach? Like, you know, it's, it's, um, I call it a sustainable, like, you're sustainable and, like, um, I don't want to say safe, but like, sustainable form of marketing where, like, you know, yeah, you do own your email list. Um, I mean, you don't own your followers, but like, still, so that's not a good enough reason for you to feel pressured to do it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to know, obviously, there's a ton of things that you can use. A mailing list, an email list for like you mm-hmm. can send out a, a bajillion emails a day if you want which you shouldn't but we all <laughs> no, know some companies do. that do um yeah. so when you looking are looking at you target <laughs> I, I'm just kidding I swear to god I get probably <laughs> 40 target emails a day and like now I do open some of them so that part might partly be my fault but they are crazy. and
1: H&M and m H&M too
0: I there's some companies that I'm like who sold you my email because I like did not <laughs> I like I did not consent. Facebook, to this. It was it, Facebook. Facebook, I love it. Um, uh, Facebook listening to us right now. I for, like, I'm you know, sorry. I'm and, just kidding. I'm just
1: kidding. Everyone's mad at <laughs> send, us. All the
0: social media platforms. Send my
1: address to whoever you want. <laughs>
0: it's up. It's up to you. Just please <laughs> yeah, don't delete my yeah. account. Um. Okay. So what? kinds of things should a lot of our people listening are either business owners or some sort of like creative entrepreneur what kind of things should they be using their mailing list for
1: what should they okay so again like when I first started my email list I didn't have anything to sell I was a VA I was Mm -hmm. contracted by someone else and then like my VA calendar filled up really quickly thank God and I didn't have a reason to I think sometimes they're like, oh, I don't have anything to sell, so I shouldn't start an email list. That can be further from the truth. Like if starting an email list feels important to you and you're like a personal brand, an influencer, um, you know, an aspiring author, whatever you might be, even if you are a business owner who is in this season of life where like you're not trying to overbook yourself, start nurturing people, right? Like Mm -hmm. get people on your list and start building a relationship with them. Start connecting with them because I bet you one day you will have something to sell, right? Like you're, Mm -hmm. even if it's like some $25 digital download um, or, you know, and I say this to people too, like I've had friends who, um, or I've worked with, I've been on like book launches for, you know, big, authors. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the first things that your uh, your publisher is going to ask you is how many people are on your email list. Not that it has to be like a huge numbers game, but they're not asked about social media all the time. Mm-hmm. They're also asking you how many people are on your email list because they know it's such an effective tool for sales. Yeah. So all that said, I think that you can start nurturing if you want to use it to nurture your community mm-hmm. in a different way. Like, yeah, like social media is so fun and you can like show people like video content and stuff. But like, I don't know if you ever had the season in your life where like you had like, okay, I'm like dating myself a little bit because I'm 30, but like I used to have like my favorite bloggers and every like Tuesday and Thursday they would publish a blog post and I would freaking live Mm -hmm. to read that blog post at like 9 or 10 a.m. or whenever they published it. It's kind of the same deal with email. Like people get used to you showing up in their inbox on certain days with like certain types of content and they are like huge, huge fans of it, okay? So that's the nurture component. And then also you can use it to obviously sell, right? You can Mm -hmm. promote your offers. Like it's an amazing way to, like one of the most amazing things about email when it comes to sales is like, it's the only platform we have right now to segment different types of people based on what they tell us they're interested in right mm-hmm. like we can't really do that on any other platform right now so for instance if i want to launch something and uh, like when i launched my course email marketing 101 i started a wait list and i marketed it to my email list as a whole to instagram um i put it on my podcast and when people joined that uh, wait list they got added to a segment of people and it told me that, hey, these people are interested in this offer, right? So it gives you a little bit more confidence because people are signing up for what you're trying to offer them and you don't feel like you're being salesy or pushy or weird because they said, hey, send me information about this, right? Yeah. And you get to like collect a group of people who are hyper hyper specific group of people that are saying that they're interested in your offer. And we can't really do that on any other platform. I know I've said that a couple of times, but yeah. um, you know, sometimes when we when we show up to sell on social media and we're going through like a launch period, we're like, oh my gosh, like guys, I'm so sorry. Like I'm going through a launch right now. Like this will be over soon. But when you like email, it's, it's not always that way. Or mm-hmm. um, what's really cool is like you can give people, um, an opportunity to opt out of your yeah. sales campaign too. So there's just so many different types of things you can do with your sales content when it comes to email that is just not available anywhere else right now. So that's a huge pro for sales.
0: I love that. Um, okay. Before we get into like actually writing a good email for anybody who's listening and is like, I think all of this sounds great, but literally how do I do that like what are the technicalities like what's your favorite platform how do you collect these emails like kind of the you know those the more technical things
1: well can I like shamelessly plug email marketing 101 like uh, if you're just like yeah emails felt important for a really long time like I have created a course that walks you through like beginning to end like from starting your list to sending a sales campaign. Wow, I need to write that down. I have not put that on any. <laughs> I need to put that You're, on. My the copywriter day.
0: brain works 24/7 and uh, never sleeps.
1: <laughs> from starting your list to sending your first sales campaign. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, I have a course email marketing 101. We can link in the show notes. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Um but Where to start? Okay. The first thing I would recommend doing is finding an email service provider, which I will refer to from here on out because that's a lot as ESP. Um, Mm -hmm. Find like an ESP that you enjoy because nine times, okay, unless you're, outsourcing your email marketing to someone unless you have a va or a team member or something it's you that has to use the platform so you have to yeah. make sure you like the platform that you're using right mm-hmm. um same thing as like with with um instagram schedulers right some mm-hmm. people like later some people like planoly it just it's it depends yeah. um so i would find an esp that you truly enjoy um I always recommend Flowdesk. I think it's like one of the most beautiful, easy to use, especially for new um to email marketers. Uh it's just like has everything that you need and it doesn't overwhelm you and it just makes it really really simple to send email so Mm -hmm. that's like platform wise what I would recommend and then I would also recommend having an email marketing game plan so like Mm -hmm. going into it with a game plan because if there's anything I've seen like you're totally not alone if you've done this okay I'm not shaming you remember I'm an an ethical copywriter um (laughs) but I have seen people nine times out of 10, they're like, they think that starting the list is the hard part, like creating the freebie, starting the list, getting people to join their list. These days, that is not hard, okay? Like you, I can help you. You could create a freebie right now, put it out into the world. You'll probably have like 25 people on your email list, at least by the time you wake up tomorrow, if you talk about Mm -hmm. like on your story or a reel or whatever. Mm -hmm. Third part is sending emails to people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like it takes time. Out. It really does take time. Like, it's not like a social media yeah. post or caption. Like, it's, you know, yeah. it, it takes and time. Yeah, and they don't
1: have to be long. They don't have to be complex. But I think people are like, oh, crap. Like, I have people on my list. Like, my goal. Like, I think people go into it with the goal of building their list and nothing past that. Yes. You know what I mean? So yes. that's why. And that's OK. That's OK. That happens. But that's why I say, like, go into it with email marketing game plan, which also, wildly enough. Shameless plug! I'm hosting an I'm hosting like a how to create your email um, marketing game plan at the end of this month, which is May. So if you want to like if you're listening to this and like you want to come hang out, um, I teach you how to make an email marketing plan. But that's super important because then it'll drive like the rest of what you do. It mm-hmm. it just it, it helps you like it just drives the rest of what you do and like yeah. you'll know like we talk about like what kind of nurture content do you want to send your list? Like, what's realistic for you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, are you creating a, a ton of content um, already? Like, are you creating content for a blog and a podcast and, and Instagram and um, what and whatever else? Then you could probably do, like, a really simple content roundup every week. Or do you love to yeah. give a tip? Then you could give a tip every week. Or do you love to... Are you more of, like, you want to start out being more inspirational with your email list? Then you could send, like, an encouraging um, email. One, you know, we just... help you come up with like a nurture campaign plan and then also knowing like what your sales um goals are with email too is like really important and then like you're and then you kind of get edited because you're like oh okay like this is what i need to show up and create and you know and you see the cool thing with emails like you see you do see results like i don't know i think people sometimes Think that they won't see results but like you see like my students always tell me they're like oh my gosh like my open rate is wild like people are opening mm-hmm. my emails and that's a huge win for them and then pe- they'll be like oh my gosh people are clicking on my link or oh my gosh i had 10 people respond to my email today or oh my gosh yeah. i'm building my wait list and it's just Really, really cool, and you do see results. So I probably went way into in depth, I, uh, there's
0: but there's no really such love thing it. as too in depth in this podcast.
1: I love it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um.
0: Okay. I know that there's not one answer to this. I recognize. Okay. But when you are writing an email for yourself, I don't know. I'm assuming you write a, write them for clients too. Yeah. Um. When you're writing an email, obviously it changes for every person. But kind of what is your or what are your tips for just, like, a good, solid email? What are the things that people should be thinking about when they're actually, like, okay, it's time for me to sit down and write this email and, like, design this email? What are your, kind of,
1: tips Mm -hmm.
0: for making sure that it's, like, valuable, I guess?
1: So, um... I think just kind of having an idea of what you want to say. Like some people are are storytellers, right? Some people like to tell a story with an email, but let's, I guess we can like kind of pare this down with maybe like if you wanted to like share a piece of educational content or tip or something. So the first thing I would do is like, um, in my opinion, like, the shorter, the better these days, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, because we do have really short attention spans shorter than ever before. Um, so just getting like, don't talk about what you're going to talk about is what I'm like, don't do what I'm doing right now. Don't talk about what what you're going to talk about. I love to recommend like starting an email with the problem that you're going to solve to Mm -hmm. get people interested in what's to come. Mm -hmm. So, and also personalizing it. So personalize that email, like you know, use their name and then ask them a question uh, relating to like the problem that you're about to solve and then get to the solution pretty quickly. Um, And just like list it out. Like I love when people list out like um, I I recommend using like bullets or numbers or emojis um, to list Mm -hmm. out your solution or your answer. Or you know are your main point too, because people don't read every word that you write they scan, yeah. and nothing like grabs people's attention like a bulleted list or numbers mm-hmm. or emojis, like I said, so starting the problem by you know with with the starting the email with the problem you're gonna solve, delivering that solution fairly quickly, you can tell a story in there if you want to of how it like relates to you using those bullet points to draw attention um also, I always recommend closing the email by asking for a response because that um increases your sender reputation which is basically like a credit score everyone that sends emails um has well not everyone that sends emails everyone that sends emails using like a domain because if you're Mm -hmm. using an email service provider you have to send from a domain so it couldn't i couldn't send from like Carson at gmail.com. Like yeah. It's yeah. it Carson at CarsonMurray.com. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have a sender reputation, and your sender reputation is really important um, because it basically just tells inbox service providers like Gmail, Yahoo, Apple that you're a trusted sender so that more of your emails land in people's inboxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, encouraging replies really does show inbox service providers that, like, if I were to send you, if you're on my email list, I sent you an email and then you responded to me, it's like, oh, she's not a robot. yeah she's not something from like a robotic domain um so asking people to reply, including a ps like 80 i think it's like 89 percent of people will scroll through your email stop and read the ps and then decide if the rest of your email is worth reading Hmm. so always including a ps in your email and recapping the main point of your email in that ps and also any important um, like call to action links or buttons, mm-hmm. like always pop that in there, yeah. and try to make it no more than two to three sentences. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting anything? I forget. <laughs> I
0: don't. I don't think so. I so when I was selling products before, I'm a social media manager now, freelance, so I, I'm a service provider. But when I was selling products, I was like, I'm gonna like literally kill my email list. And my issue was <laughs> that I was only ever like the only thing that I was doing was selling only what's in an email when there was a launch. All it would have would be photos of what I'm selling and links to buy it. I remember
1: I wanted some of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah Mm
0: -hmm. I was looking it was in our DMs. Um, (laughs) But yeah I didn't like who wants to read that email like all I cared about was if it looked pretty which like that's great but like who wants to read that email and like who wants to like open my next email if they know that like I didn't provide them any value. So I feel like we talk on the podcast a lot about providing value through like other forms of marketing content. I feel like the same goes yeah. for an email. Like make it worth somebody's time to read your email. Yeah. Not just like
1: to give them something good. Like give yeah, them exactly. something that they're going to walk away and be like, "Dang, I'm so glad I'm on their email list." Like yeah. even sometimes when I'm delivering a tip, I will rec- I will um, include like a Loom. I love Loom. Like the like video. Mm-hmm. Do you use Loom. Um, So I will like like let's say the other day I was like showing the behind the scenes of like how I organize Asana and I was giving tips in my email. But then I was like, hey, if you're a visual learner, just tap here and I like recorded a quick five minute walkthrough for you. People love it. So like you can still include video in your emails too.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's such a great chance to be creative because I I kind of feel like a lot of people, especially when you're you know a smaller or to mid sized business because social media is free and really accessible it's kind of all that people think about to market and i feel like email is something that people miss out on it's also free you can be really creative with it and yeah. it's this yeah. like it it's free to an extent you have to yeah have, yeah
1: you have to you, you have, have a to subscription have a, yeah but, but flodesk you can is like super affordable yeah super yeah affordable.
0: um so i feel like it's something that people miss out on and it, it's it's a very accessible thing for a smaller or mid sized yeah, business yeah, yeah. to be doing yeah. um Okay. So we talked about what's good. Is there any, or are there any major, like you see it in an email and you're like, you mm, like, that's a no, no, that should not be in that email. Like that's, you know, things that you should always avoid in a marketing email other than like making people feel like bad, you know, unethical copywriting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Don't make people feel bad. Avoid that in your emails for sure. If you can help it. Um, okay. That's a really good question. Things not to include in an email let me i would say oh gosh sometimes a major thing that i see especially big brands do is they include too much Mm -hmm. um so they include a lot of stuff like a lot of graphics a lot of text and your emails actually get clipped i um so Like if you like right now, if you're like subscribed to like H and M or some type of brand, like just go scroll all the way, like open it up, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the email and you'll see something that says view entire email. Mm -hmm. That's because your entire email, their entire email, it was too big. It couldn't show up. And Okay, I'm about to get like a little nerdy. Um, but uh, this happens too in people's slow desk emails that I see, like just regular, you know, sending me emails, like thinking that their emails are super cute, they load it up with graphics, their email's super long. So when someone opens your email, um, say you were to open my email, the way an open counts, let's say I went back and looked at my analytics and I tried to view how many people open my email, your email has to, like, I, you would have to open my email all the way for like, two or three seconds because there's a pixel in there that has to load and that pixel is mm. what counts as an open. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if your email is too long, then your analytics are all off because like your email was clipped and that pixel didn't load. So that's mm. one of the things from like, um, you know, uh, maybe like a design um, standpoint that you can just pay more attention to. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, I just thought of one. Sorry, maybe it made I okay, I'm gonna like take the judginess out of my voice, okay, it's <laughs> gone, okay. <laughs> Um, but sometimes I open up people's emails and there is literally, it's like chunks of paragraphs, like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. paragraph. And I love that you want to write and I love to want to write. I love that people are sending emails. Like, I love it. Mm -hmm. Like, but people aren't gonna read those paragraphs very similar to when like people type out paragraphs in, like a social media caption without leaving yeah. white space and making it really easy and inviting to read like we want people when they open up that email we want there to be plenty of white space very short paragraphs mm-hmm. um so when people see it they don't get overwhelmed and they're like oof immediately no and just keep going through like the rest yeah. of their inbox
0: yeah and so I, feel I would like say
1: that's a huge no
0: if you have like a a very meaty thing you want somebody to read, maybe link to an outside thing in your email. Like Like link to a blog in your email. Don't put the whole blog in the email because nobody's going to read that. Yeah,
1: don't. i never put the whole blog in the email. Just like give them like the first part of the blog and then like include a button in the email that says continue reading. So it's kind of like a continuation of the blog. Yes, yes. And
0: obviously the goal with an email is to get people to take action from the email. So like whatever action that is. But yeah, I love, I love. Um, okay, so now somebody sent the email. They've sent their email, their first email ever. They're so excited. What metrics should they be focusing on when it comes to tracking like their email's success?
1: Yeah, so um, I, would, oh, I would look at your open rates. I would look at your open rates. Uh, uh, typically a good open rate is anywhere between like, 22 to 25 percent mm-hmm. um so if it's anything under that you might be want to you know contact your email service provider and just be like hey is there something going on with like my deliverability or all my emails getting delivered you can also check your develop- deliverability rate too like your esp should show you how many of your emails were sent. Mm-hmm. um click rates if you put a link uh in your email you want to check your click rate see how many people are clicking on it or maybe you included a link in um people aren't clicking on it and you you're like oh crap maybe i should have included a call to action button maybe that would have stood out more mm-hmm. then next time look and see what's performing better so like opens yeah. um uh clicks and you also want to be looking at um spam like who's marking hopefully no one ever marks your emails as spam like literally i think one time in my life someone marked my email as spam and i was like i'm coming for you like what are you doing like
0: <laughs> you're like, like, I'm lit-
1: I, that you're is- like That's like when
0: you get the one four-star review on like Etsy or something. You're like, like, what?
1: How dare you? First of all, you could have just left.
0: You could have just deleted my email.
1: Yeah, you could have just, there was no need for that. Like, did you press that on accident? Like, I needed to see you and talk to you about it. Um, But anyways, I'm like talking about it in therapy. No, but I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, you want to check your spam. Like, just, you know, really no one should be marking your emails as spam. Hopefully, like the only time people get marked as spam is if like, you bought an email list or you Mm -hmm. obtained their email address illegally. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also want to be looking at unsubscribes. Um, I know that's Mm -hmm. really painful. I know it's really hard to do. I know sometimes people avoid it for their mental health. And if you need to avoid it for your mental health, definitely avoid it for your mental health. But I like looking at unsubscribes um, because sometimes it's just saying like, hey, the content that I'm sending to everyone on my list is not resonating with everyone on my list. So how could I segment my list differently, right? And the really cool thing about um, is, is it allows, um, people to select their preferences. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like I send email two to three times a week on Monday, I send, um, my latest podcast episode on Wednesdays, I send out an encouraging tip. And then on Saturdays, every other Saturday, I send like a content roundup of just like all my best content. Not mm-hmm. everyone on my list wants all of that. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't, they don't, they love me, but they don't love me three emails a week. Love yeah. me, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like just giving people the opportunity to, um, manage their preferences and select what kind of content they want to receive from you, which is also something that no other platform can do. Like no people can't yeah. select what they want to receive from you email. So cool. I'm just saying, yeah. um, so yeah, it, it'll kind of help you gauge like, okay, what's going on here. Maybe I should give people options or maybe mm-hmm. need to like send a survey out to my list and ask them what kind of content they want to be receiving from me. Mm-hmm. And what, what did I say? I said unsubscribes, spam clicks, opens. Oh, gosh. I think that I think those are the most important. I'm, like, trying to remember what my email dashboard looks like right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and another thing that I've learned in um, through school about emails is, and obviously small businesses, this isn't as much of an issue, but if somebody unsubscribes from your email, don't send them any more emails.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Like, no, no, no. If somebody no. doesn't want to
0: be on your list, stop. Like, that's when you learn about mm-hmm. ethical marketing. You learn about, like, yeah somebody should always there should always be an unsubscribe option at the bottom and if somebody does unsubscribe do not
1: legally there has to be it is against the law not to provide someone with an opportunity to opt out of your emails just say no Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would all ESPs have that built in yeah I was Uh, gonna say you you can't remove it if Yeah, yeah you cannot delete that and also you someone has to opt into your list so a lot of times yes. it's like I'm not I know I'm getting off topic a little bit here but like I feel like this is a really big one because I've dealt with many many a list who have seen who have had like a ton of unsubscribes and then my client will be like why is everyone unsubscribing from my list but what happened was is they were part of a giveaway or a bundle where the one of the benefits of being in the giveaway or the bundle was the bundle or giveaway host or organizer was going to share everyone's email with everyone yeah. that was a part of it and i'm sorry but like i've bought bundles you know and i don't want the, um 30 plus people who were in the bundle to have my email address and send me emails. You also didn't really
0: agree to that. Like you only agreed to the one person. And it's,
1: it's super unethical. And that's when a lot of times people see a lot of unsubscribed or spam complaints is because Mm -hmm. that happened. Like just let people opt into a list in a natural permissions based way. It's honestly against the law. Not it's against it's legally you can't do that. There's like a whole bunch of laws. And it's just not worth it. Like if somebody didn't sign up for your email, they're not reading your email. Like, no, you don't want anyone to be on your email list that does not want to be there because the success of your email list is correlates directly to the quality of subscribers on it. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not the bigger the email list the better, it's the people who actually want to be there who are opening and clicking and responding to your emails. Yeah. Um is what Absolutely. you want there and we even like it's a it's a really solid common email marketing practice to clean your list every six um, months, which is just, um, you know, anyone that hasn't been engaging with your emails in the last 90 plus or six, 90, I do like 90 plus months. um, You just try to re-engage them. And if they aren't re-engage, you give them an opportunity to unsubscribe or you manually unsubscribe them. Um, But the last thing I was going to tell you to check for in your, in your um, analytics is just bounces. So Mm, a lot of times mm -hmm. you'll see like there's hard bounces and then there's soft bounces, soft bounces. Like if you see that people's emails are bouncing and that's been collected in your email analytics dashboard. A soft bounce is like when someone has like an away message on
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or their inbox is full. So your email just could not be delivered. And a hard bounce is when it's just like completely undeliverable altogether. Either way, when people are bouncing um, really regularly, when I see the same email addresses bouncing over and over and over again, I just unsubscribe them because that is um, that can be a, negatively impact your sender reputation. Okay.
0: Amazing. Those are all um, really actionable things. I love when a guest gives actionable tips. That's really, <laughs> it really just gets me so excited. I'm like, I know people are listening and I know they're like writing this down in their notes.
1: Um, <laughs> I love you so much. It's the weirdest thing. you inspired I would me. I'm like, I, I mean, need to
0: get it together. Cause I, like I said, I used to sell products and I'm sitting here thinking like, I, I got to, really clean out my email list because it's it's the same website so it's the same email list but clearly this it's not the same people that want it so I should probably send out an email that's like if you don't want to hear about this go ahead and leave now um yeah anyway okay for the final question somebody is sitting and they're listening and they're like I love this and I want to be an email marketer and I want to send three emails a week how do you (laughs) recommend they get those email like what you you mentioned a freebie what are the tactics to grow that email list in an ethical way just kind of like to start mm-hmm.
1: off I first of all like being like um being yourself and just think about mm-hmm. like least amount of resistance so what, what I mean by that is like a lot of times people are like oh I need to like create a freebie to like get people on my list and then I need to create another freebie because that freebie is old what I highly recommend people do to get to get people on your list in like a nurture based standpoint just like as a general opt in for your list is um and this is something something I help people develop in email marketing 101 as well is like developing a branded newsletter okay mm-hmm. so th- to me there are like four different types of branded newsletters that well i have just called them that but um, like different types of brand newsletters that I teach about are the announcement newsletter. So let's say that each week you are, um, sending out a, you create a blog post or a podcast episode, um, or something, just like, you know, your regular content that's being published week or YouTube video, YouTube, it could be YouTube as well. You're already creating that content, right? So how about you just send it to your list first? You just like, hey, that's what I do. So like once, uh, once a week on Mondays, I let my email list know about my latest podcast episode. And I also give them any, like if I created a free resource to go along with the podcast episode, I'll give them that too. Um, so you could do that. That's an announcement for a branded newsletters. That's like what I would consider like an announcement newsletter. Just announce mm-hmm. it to your list first. Um, or maybe you want to do like an exclusive um, the exclusive like an exclusive tip or something maybe Mm -hmm. you are highly educational you love to teach um you could send your list an exclusive tip once a week um maybe you feel more encouraging or inspirational you could just start by sending like an incur like a little piece of encouragement at the end of every week or in the middle of the week to like Mm -hmm. pet people up or maybe you're a product-based business and you can send out like a subscriber sale email once a week or like show how different people in your community oh my gosh if you need inspiration um So I love matcha, and my favorite matcha brand, like pure matcha brand, is um, Gold, G-O-L-D-E. I don't know if you're familiar with Gold Matcha. Yes, I am. Is it gold or Goldie? In my we brain, I want to
0: say Goldie because gold is spelled G O L D. But also, I, I think maybe that they just wanted to name it Gold, but that they, they can't just name their business Gold because that was already taken.
1: So it might yeah, be so pronounced. Needs to gold. Zhuzh it up. Yeah, okay. Well, anyways, my name is Gold, and they send out the best product based emails. They're short, sweet, aesthetic, to the point, point, get the job done. And they're sharing how different members of their community are using their product out in the wild, mm-hmm, or they're sending mm-hmm. new rep- recipes, and then they're linking to their product. It's I love brilliant. That. So just coming up with a branded newsletter, like think to yourself, like, what am I already creating on a regular basis? Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel because you probably won't stick to it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. That's just like what happened.
0: And then you don't try
1: to create, tell people what,
0: yeah, you tell people what they're signing up for. So they're like, oh, I want that. And then that's how you. Grow your list well
1: wow. yeah yeah and then you're just wow. like hey like once a week I send out an exclusive tip list or if you want to be the first to know about my latest whatever it is like sign up for my list and you know you'll get that plus some free resources along the way or yeah whatever yeah. it is you know so just yeah. create a branded newsletter I mean you can always create a freebie as well don't get me yeah. wrong like mm-hmm. I create freebies all the time that might be helpful for my community but they're like hyper specific to what I'm promoting at that time
0: yeah and I like the idea of like a uh um if you're coming up with a brand new newsletter it gives you that consistency as well to kind of be able Mm -hmm. to keep that up and like have a plan like we talked about anyway okay well amazing um I guess we'll get into random questions which are always so fun um the first one we kind of just gave a teaser to but it is what is your favorite morning beverage so you can start
1: oh I love an iced oat milk matcha that is my jam with like a little bit of honey there's oh I put collagen in it now too oh yeah that's like a life hack just so you know
0: (laughs) I am like ever since that smoothie the Erewhon smoothie the $17 Erewhon smoothie that is like gone viral on TikTok ever since that everybody started putting collagen and everything and i'm like do i need to because collagen had a spike in like probably 2017
1: and now collagen's yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. collagen's yeah it's, own, back.
0: it's she's back
1: it's back i use dose and co's by um hmm. i think um chloe it's chloe kardashian's brand um but yeah i use dose and co and it just it tastes so good anyways that's my favorite morning beverage i'm getting my collagen in i'm getting my matcha in it's just it's a whole thing i feel great i love it
0: i everybody who knows me knows that I love coffee but honestly I know this is going to shock everybody but I have not been able to handle coffee recently it's been making me feel crazy like craziness like
1: yeah shaky
0: so every morning before I do anything else I make myself drink lemon water so I'm just going to go ahead and say that's my favorite morning beverage now the yeah. yummiest morning beverage is an iced milk latte but yeah I can only have like two sips before I start acting insane so
1: Oh, no. See, that's what I like about matcha, too, though. It's like a sustainable, like a slow release energy. Yeah, I need Whereas to get like, on the
0: matcha. I love the way matcha tastes. I just don't know how to make it because it seems complicated, but.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'll film a tutorial for you. Oh, tomorrow please morning. Do. Please tomorrow do. Tomorrow morning, expect it. I just I, can't I, wait.
0: I do need to, because I feel like yeah. it's the kind of thing that, you see all people are like, you're not making it right. Like if you don't make it right, then it's like ceremonial brain. No, it's true. It's true though. If you don't make it
1: right, you feel like a cow eating grass out in a field.
0: Yeah. I need, okay. Well, I need a tutorial. I'll be on the lookout. Um, okay. (laughs) Final question. Random question is what is the dumbest thing that you've ever bought? Because it was cute
1: crap there's a lot um <laughs> me too <laughs> like so much because i just want everything around me to like look really good so yeah. i'm like looking at my office um okay most recently most recently so uh we we're just like redecorating the house a little bit and i don't like a lot of clutter um mm. i'm not like a minimalist like i like things to be cozy but i still don't like clutter yeah. and so i bought my husband cuz he had this freaking he had this ugly ugly phone charger situation mm-hmm. um on his nightstand i bought like one of those really like sleek um like phone charger things where you just like lay your phone you just lay your phone Uh, on it Oh yeah 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 yeah. I kept getting ads for it all the time so like you just lay your phone on it it's supposed to charge your phone it does not charge your phone it doesn't charge your phone so now it literally only charges your phone
0: if you have a certain like case or you take your case off I used to have one and I thought the same thing I was like my phone charger is stupid and ugly I don't like it um but there's a lot of things that are annoying about it because one you have to not be on your phone while it's charging. Yeah. And two, too yeah. you have to take your case off. I'm like, I never take my phone case off. Like, that's Yeah, I'm
1: not problem. doing that. I'm not. It's no, no, too no. much. It's too much work. So anyways, I thought it was going to be like this sleek, like really part of like our nightstand decor and it's just like 50 bucks like yeah. down the drain but
0: yeah I yeah. I know that story all too well um mine would be okay so I I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast but I like never had acne in middle school or high school or college and then I guess sort of well the end of college I started getting like adult acne I was like no way what's going on um so anyway I had to simplify my skincare routine a ton so I you know use what the dermatologist said For some reason, I still buy cute skincare and I know I can't use it and I know I'm not allowed to use it and I know I shouldn't be using it, but I'm like, it's so cute. And then I use it once and I break out and I keep doing it over and over.
1: Can we just talk about why, why is the good pharmaceutical skincare ugly? Why?
0: I don't understand. Like, why can't CeraVe be cute? Like, why can't,
1: like. I don't understand. I I don't get it either. Sometimes, and I use I use like this organic um, skincare stuff. It's called Juice Beauty. I freaking because I have super dry skin. Anyways. It is not, it's not ugly, but it's definitely not aesthetic. And I'm just like, guys, if you just let me come in and help you with your packaging, you will go viral. Like, the dermatologist
0: will never recommend you something that has a cute package. Like, there is oh, a 0% no. chance that, that will ever happen. And it's crazy. Girl, just
1: wait till you get older. Just wait till you get older, okay? Now, I'm, I have to use, I've graduated, I've graduated to pharmaceutical grade um, oh skincare. I have I some of that too. Ugly. It's, it's, it's so ugly. ugly. It's, it's so, so horrible. Ugly.
0: Yeah. And I, I just, um, Honestly, instead of buying the cute things that have the cute packaging, like Drunk Elephant and all that, I should just buy um, cute like things to put my skincare yeah. into. But um, yeah. I don't have the foresight to do that, so I keep I have a whole drawer of things that I can't use because they break me out. Anyway, um, okay. Well, Carson, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on social media, how they can sign up for your email list, all that good stuff. We'll have everything linked to the show notes, but just go ahead and plug yourself.
1: Yeah, so you can come hang out with me over on Instagram. It's Carson Murray, so it's just my name, Cars K. Um, and it's Mar- I feel like everyone thinks I'm saying Marie, but it's it's Murray, like like an Irish last name. <laughs> it will be in the title of this episode, so it should be easy <laughs> and to find. I know. Anytime I tell those people my name, they're like, first name like or they'll, they'll ask me my name and I'll say it and they'll be like, and first name. And I'm like, Carson, like Carson is my first name. Um, and then they think I'm saying Marie and I was like, I give up just, just do whatever, <laughs> just you, put want. whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. Just put it there. Um, and, um, so that's Instagram and then, yeah, we'll link, we'll link my branded newsletter in the show notes. And even if like, you don't really care about me that much <laughs> or you're just like, yeah, you're okay. But like, you're really interested in email, like just, you can just join my email list, see how I kind of do things, and then unsubscribe. Like it won't bother me in like one bit. Um, yeah. and you can just like get some inspiration. So like, yeah, Instagram, um, email. I have a podcast. Also, it's called the Just Keep Showing Up podcast, where I talk about like copywriting, lifestyle, marketing stuff. And I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to like have the capacity to do TikTok because I freaking love TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's just like all it's my a high brand, effort. It's it's a lot it's of so like I'm sorry, but like. It's very hard. Like, even if it is, like, something goofy, it's very hard for me to remember to record mm-hmm. it, like, three to five times a day.
0: Yes. It is hard. It is hard. But we'll link it anyway. Yeah. Everybody should follow. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. would be some good pressure for you to make more TikToks. <laughs> Um, okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to keep up with our weekly episodes. And I'm doing Alexis's part. Follow us on TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic and over on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast and our personal accounts, Katie Creative Co., Alexis Adams Aldrich, and Carson Murray. And we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.